I've been I've been thinking a lot about Mega Man. So every time we go in to do a podcast, I'm like, is this a Mega Man? Did I play a Mega Man this week? I did play a Mega Man this week, but we already talked about that Mega Man. So we have to play another Mega Man. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we can definitely play another Mega Man. Yeah, I'm 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 counting on it. Anyway, hey, I, we're, we're, I'm jumping right in. Welcome to the Retro Breakdown. How are you doing, Tom? How am I doing? <sighs> All right, Excellent. that's enough no. of that. That's <laughs> no. enough of that. Let's talk about Pocket Circuit. No, let's not. Dean, do you have two Nintendo 64 controllers? I have like, I probably have like six. I don't know. Do, okay, do you have two working Nintendo 64 Yeah, no, I, they, they work to, in varying degrees of working. Okay, excellent. Um, we're going to do a podcast. Actually, I don't even, I imagine you have this video game, but let's, let us do a podcast where we play GoldenEye with the two control schemes, two controller setup. So I kind of did that once. Did you actually play through the whole game? I don't think I've ever played through all of GoldenEye 64. Because I have played through about half of it using two controller, two, two 64 controllers on the Switch, and it has been so much <laughs> stupid fun. <laughs> I don't think I have ever actually played through uh, more than about four or five missions of GoldenEye 64 on easy. Oh, yeah. We, we just play agent. That's totally great. Because otherwise you got to go like on scavenger hunts. To be honest, the the submissions are pretty amazing. Like they get I mean, they're not as good as Perfect Darks where you're doing stuff, but the actual objectives of Secret Agent and Double O Agent are pretty cool. I, I mean, I don't know. I always thought they were cool. So what I actually did uh, some time ago as an experiment is after watching the Stop Skeletons from Fighting uh, video on the games that you can use uh, double N64 controllers on, um, I went straight to an emulator, plugged in my dual joystick controller and started and like went to that control scheme and just mapped that control scheme to like a normal twin stick. That's cool. Control scheme. But doing it with two controllers is really, really goofy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's it's it honestly. OK, OK. So what was funny is we talked about this before and I, I it's not new, but I never booted it up and looked at it on the 64 um, mm -hmm. emulator when the game came out. And when I did and I was looking at the screen, I was like, oh, my God, I remember seeing this screen and I was thinking, ah. We just laughed at it and moved on. We never, never tried it. Like, who's playing this game with two controllers? That's crazy. Well, uh, this was also at a time frame where, like, whatever that this was like pre whatever that Aliens game was that came out and introduced us to the like sticks. What is now the like ultra de standard <laughs> de facto? Like, you can't change this. Yeah, uh, first person perspective control scheme and yeah. everyone was like this sucks and is terrible but but okay so so i started the game up and i was playing it that was like oh that's fun i wonder what other options are in here and i didn't realize the game has widescreen and cinema screen yep. styling and it does 16 by 9 really well it just has an option for 16 by 9 yep on the nintendo 64 goldeneye they like they where is the push rare rare 64 that 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 company during that era, I'm, yep. I'm sure there's some <laughs> some wild stories and stuff. But as as a company that made video games, holy shit, did they just push the Nintendo 64 to its absolute they, limits? They really, I mean, there's there is like twin stick controls in GoldenEye. 
There is like I mean, with, with two support. controllers. There is supporting widescreen. There is the stop and swap on uh, the idea using like the RAM swapping yes. storage thing on Banjo Kazooie. There is like they were just nonstop. I mean, the, trying the, the to figure dark. out like what is some weird funky shit we can do with this console. <laughs> That's so cool. And it and I was I was just playing it and I was having a fun time playing Golden. I was like, you know, I wonder if Dean. I, I feel like Dean didn't care about goldeneye that much i wonder if this would be a fun podcast game and then i was like i don't know if i care if he thinks it would be fun i want to play through this <laughs> and then talk about it i have forced <laughs> so many games on you <laughs> that i played in like cuso grande and was like i don't know if you're gonna think this is fun but i want to talk about it so deal with it so you are absolutely entitled to this uh the answer is uh, I think that Goldeneye uh, kind of sucks now. Oh, man. So I played it without using. So when, when the game first released on the Switch, whenever I think it was over the summer or last year. I don't remember. Um, and I played um, I played the first days like, oh, this is terrible. I don't want to play this. Now, playing it with the with two Nintendo 64 controllers, the most sensible solution. I was I, I'm having fun. So it is way, way better when you're using <laughs> two massive spaceship controllers as opposed to one awkwardly, you know, uh, button laid out controller right, without right. the joystick. Because you're right, I think Goldeneye as a, in its most simplest state, just how, it, you know, most people played it in, in 97, it kind of sucks. But it is fun as a novelty in Now, this I will instance. say this, like most, like most white teenagers in the late 90s, as a as a 13 year old at a sleepover birthday party in Traverse City, there were like staying there were nights of staying up until dawn just messing around in GoldenEye multiplayer. Yeah. So I did not miss out on that experience. That was that was very common to uh, to our generation at in that time frame. I think anyone that's around our age that had a Nintendo 64 or had access to friends with a Nintendo 64 at some point spent all night playing Goldeneye. <laughs> at one point. <laughs> even if even if you were like, I don't want to do this, but I'm with my friends, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I had fun with it. Like, I, I, I fondly remember, like, the, the different... I fondly remember the different stages. I remember, uh, like, setting up booby trap proximity mines. And like sitting in sitting in a bathroom stall waiting for someone to come to me like I, I have all of that. Like I definitely did all of that for sure. Oh, my and God. We I was can play I was interested enough to once I found out that there were dual joystick controls in Goldeneye. My first thought was like, oh, I can just tell it to do a, a dual joystick control in Goldeneye. <laughs> and then I can make both of those joystick controls just map to my joysticks like in however I want to, and then just play it with like standard controls. And I bet it's really good. Yeah, it's it is. And it took a while to get it there because there's like issues with, you know, the joystick sensitivity and dead zone being different. Sure. But once we got it there is like, oh, yeah, this totally works. That's awesome. Yeah. But again, I completely agree with you. Totally different experience than just holding, you know, a. <laughs> What what would that be like a, a sex tuple wing <laughs> controller ultimately? Yeah, where, where, where most of it is literally just inaccessible because you're holding it in the middle. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and the, the control scheme, smartly enough, actually, like, takes it, that into account. It works quite well. I'm not going to lie. Because it just, like, it just has your, the, the trigger buttons on the back just do more stuff. Yeah, it has you aim and shoot. And, and, and don't get me wrong, there's no way in hell I would be able to get through. Maybe, maybe Secret Agent I could do. <laughs> but I don't think I would be, potentially if I played it enough, I guess. The game's just, I mean, it's just sort of, uh, I never, I never played, so I, I did Perfect Dark on the hardest difficulty, but I never did Goldeneye on the hardest difficulty without Game Shark because I just wanted to unlock the cheats. But then when Perfect Dark came around, I did end up playing through all of that on Perfect Agent or Dark Agent, whatever the heck it was called, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I was never, that was one of those games where, like, that was one of those games that's not built to be a sandbox game, but I treated it like one anyway. Yeah, where like it was actually more fun for me. I remember the one I don't I don't know what all the names of the stages are, but I know there is one of like the second or third stage that starts you out in like a snowfield. Yeah, 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 the um, fifth one. And I just remember fight like shooting one of the lookouts in the towers and taking the sniper rifle and then just standing up in the tower and just doing Looking. sniper rifle things. Yeah, and then resetting the level to do yep. it again. And yep. doing uh -huh. it again. Uh-huh, yeah. I treated that. I, I, so when I got to that, well, we, you know what? We'll talk about this on a different day. I was just excited about I mean, about certainly it. if we're going to podcast it. <laughs> I was just excited because this this morning I I felt like playing it and then as I was playing, I was like, man, this would be, what? we should we should have an excuse to play this because you need an excuse to do things that are fun. <laughs> <laughs> it helps if he like i don't think of it as like an excuse but like it motivates with, me yeah there's got to be like a motivation there's got to be like an impetus where it's yeah. like oh there's a bunch of things i could do right now that are fun why what is it that would drive me to pick this one over the others yeah and like yeah that whatever yeah whatever it is that makes that happen like sure i don't mind but that being said Oh. Um, that being said, please, I we have talked about Perfect Dark a number of times on and off this podcast, and still I haven't actually played it. So that does it will happen at some point that does also like pique my interest for sure. That's like one of the things that I like most about doing this podcast is, hey, I've always heard about this game and I've always known about its existence and I you know, recognize its sort of reputation I have no idea what it's about. Yeah, I have no when, idea what this game looks like, what it feels like. I don't know what happens in it. I just know a lot of people really like it. When when we get around to Perfect Dark, I would advise you playing on the, I don't remember what it's called, but the middle difficulty. Because yeah. you get to see some of the uh, more, there, there are some really, really neat interactions with gadgets and levels mm. in Perfect Dark that you miss out on entirely when you play on the first difficulty. Oh, okay, Technically, yeah. Because you don't, you just don't have to do them. It's not yeah. required. And technically, you miss out on some, obviously, in the middle one compared to the hardest difficulty. But it's it's sometimes the hardest difficulty is just sort of dumb. Yeah. Um, no. I but get if that. you're playing, if you're playing, so actually, if you're playing, honestly, on the new when it remake, comes to like when it comes to first person games, yeah, and this is true whether it's the '90s or it's 2023, mm -hmm. I generally tend to be like, oh yeah, I'm not as good here. I'm sure. gonna play this on like normal intended difficulty. Right. Yeah. It's only certain types of games, third person action games, 
2D platformers, stuff that I know that I have a lot of experience with. And I'm, that's when I'm like, OK, throw me a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want this to push me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would not have. Uh, I usually don't go for like full easy, but usually like if it's something like Perfect Dark, I would have probably defaulted to like medium difficulty. Yeah, the, if if you end up playing the 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 rare re-release or whatever that uh, it's probably on PC, it might be on one of the collections you have or something. I'm not sure. I have rare but, replay on. I want to say Xbox One, so yeah. I'd have to so, dust that off. If if you play that version of Perfect Dark, it plays really really well because it. Oh, they, they just put the um, if I'm remembering correctly, because I played through it on 360, and I they put in the the twin stick controls. So it just oh. plays like an, it basically feels like cheating. So you can you can. Oh, it's like a it becomes a modern shooter at that point. Yes. And th- but you get all and it looks really great. So I would say play. I mean, you, you miss out on the wonderful Nintendo 64. Sure. It, it, you miss out on the classic blockies. <laughs> but but the but the I mean, you still sort of have that because they didn't erase it completely. But I would say definitely play that. Ver- well, whenever we get around to playing it, because it don't might have be, to you know, how once in a while we'll play like different versions of a game and then compare. Mm hmm. Like, it might actually be fun to, like, for me to play, like, the Rare Replay sort of remastered version. Yeah. And you play the classic version. The original one. I could see that, yeah. And then we can just kind of talk about, like, what was or was not there. That could be cool. Yeah. I, I had a, a, a dream last night. I too. love that we're talking about all of you. Remember how last time uh, when we recorded the last podcast, we spent like 45 minutes after the podcast talking about all of the things we were going to do for the rest of the year. Yeah. And none of this was included. Well, but but to be fair, we only we said we still needed one or two games. We did say that. So that this is could true. Be the, the Goldeneye could be the one or two games. That is true. We also didn't commit to like making either of these podcasts that come out between now and the end of the year. Correct. It may never happen. I'm just excited because I play. I mean, I played. It, it took us like three years to get to Sweet Home. <laughs> yeah, that was the first Halloween that I that I think I looked. That yeah. I, you brought it up immediately, and, and I was like, oh, I'm not really into horror, but that does sound interesting. We should make time for that. Turned and out then, it was and awesome. Then, and then, like, you know, cut to, like, oh, it's November. Well, okay, we'll do it next year. Yeah, we can't We can't possibly do it now. Yeah. Why would you do a scary game in, in October? That's stupid. <laughs> so I, I, I had a, two dreams last night. One was that a launch title for the Switch 2 is going to be a remaster of Mario 64. And okay. it's plausible. It's, I don't remember. I, you know how you have a dream and you know that there is more to it and you can't pull it back anymore? Yeah, like it's just, it's just gone. Yeah. And there was a part of it that I wanted that's just I want to remember it so bad because it seems so awesome because just a remake of Mario 64 is not that cool. But there is something else there that that was like, man. That would be cool if they do it. So if Nintendo has the ability to to read my dreams, that that could be great. Yeah, Thanks, that Nintendo. would be, you know. Yeah, yeah, that would go for it. OK, so here's <laughs> the thing. The most likely outcome is that Nintendo does generate the ability to read your dreams and then is like, we're not doing that shit. I don't care what I don't care what your dreams are. <laughs> the, the other one was a it was some kind of game where pikachu is uh uh, basically he's being a a toxic person in a moba game it's like i'm picking pikachu and running down the middle lane and that's just that's (laughs) just pokemon unite yeah 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 i know but then i got laughing thinking about it being like um 
a game where that's what you're supposed to do. So it's actually like a positive, like it's it's not toxic. It's it's part of the gameplay and it's it's fun. But then of course it's just the juxtaposition of Pikachu being the toxic asshole. Yeah, and, <laughs> and maybe this is the... when I woke up. <laughs> Pikachu making your gameplay experience miserable is the intended experience. <laughs> you know what is not miserable, and you know what gameplay experience is just fantastic. You yes. know the answer. You know the answer to this. Yeah, I tr- I, I brought oh. it up like 15 minutes ago. You, you were like, no, but Twin Stick Goldeneye, though. And I was like, yeah, that is a cool thing to talk about. Let's do that. Pocket Circuit. Pocket Circuit. All right. So I'm playing uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, which is a mouthful. So we're just going to call it Like a Dragon Gaiden or, you know, at some <laughs> point, it'll probably be shortened to just Gaiden. Yeah, it could just be the ninja kind. It could it could just be pocket circuit. Well, yesterday it was. It could be pocket circuit. Just um, that's it. So I I am like dead certain because we have talked about Yakuza many, many times on the podcast before because I love all those games and you've started going through them and have, have knocked out a decent chunk of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm certain we've talked about pocket circuit in the past. Yes, but no doubt. Like, it hasn't existed in a Yakuza game since Zero and Kiwami, which are like, you know, 20, I want to say 2015, 2016, respectively, or something like that. Yeah, um, that seems about right. So it's been a minute and I feel like so thus far, uh, I'll, I'll be limited on my thoughts about Like a Dragon Gaiden. It's basically like cut DLC from Yakuza 6 that they spun off into a whole game. And it is if you play. Wait, wait, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't say anything. Don't don't talk about. Oh, that's right. I was going to say, hey, spoilers for this. And then no. Okay, Mm -hmm. so it's a game that exists in the Yakuza universe and you're enjoying it. Yes, it (laughs) it follows the uh, events of Yakuza 6. Right. Yes, that much I do know. Okay. I did not know that the cabaret, I mean, the cabaret aspect to me was already the worst part of the Yakuza games because I just didn't care about that at all. And now that they're the, live action. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Yes. The, or let me let me caveat it, I suppose, yes. not rephrase. Because the, the cabaret part of Zero was one of my, or uh, Zero, was it in Kiwami 2? Kiwami 2, yeah. Ki- yeah, that was, that was fantastic. Like, and, that was just fun. And... Fist of the North Star Lost ju- uh, Lost Paradise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah, so the managing the cabaret club is fun. Going to the cabaret club and having fake relationships with girls is weird. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, but now that it's real people doing it, it's just, I don't know. Double weird. I don't know if I could. I, I It would just be uncomfortable for me at that point. (laughs) I did. okay. so the game forces you to do it once. Right. You know how you know how it has that. You know how Yakuza has this thing where it's like, hey, this is a big thing that we put budget into and it is a side activity, but we're going to make you do it once. So, you know, it's there. Yeah. I mean, with what they're when you're going to have live actresses do the parts, they're going to force you to see it at least once. And it was it was a it was a big deal because they did an audition Oh, really? They did an audition for who were going to be the girls. (laughs) And one of the ones that was picked is a VTuber named Kason, like K-S-O-N, who um, 
previously went by the alias Kiryu Coco because she was a massive Yakuza fan. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, is like bilingual or I think multilingual. I, she speaks fluent Japanese and, and English. Okay. And um, so, you know, it works. And I think like might even speak other language like Filipino or something like that. But anyway, it basically, you know, is an English VTuber that I think is based in Japan. Mm-hmm. But speaks both languages, entered the whole contest. One got to be in the game and talk to Kiryu. So kind of like a dream come true for her. It's still weird. <laughs> She's not weird. She's great. And in fact, really cute. No, I don't have a problem with. So I, I have. Yeah. yeah, it's important to separate like that. We are not trashing the girls who are doing the action, the acting in the live action hell, segments. Hell, I'm, I'm not even trashing the people that like this or are excited no. about it. I, go for it. That's awesome. There is like a there is like an, an uncomfortable charm because sure. here's what happened. The game forces you into doing it once and then it's like, all right, it's there if you want it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I uncomfortable streaming that for an audience was like hey everybody so here's the thing there's a decent chance that i'm gonna probably go for like 100 percent on everything in this game especially since it's sort of like a, a a cut down yakuza experience yeah i didn't realize that it's you can do everything in you know 30 hours or something yeah um i i don't know about that because i'm still in chapter two and i've put in 14 hours already. Okay, I guess doing everything is probably closer to 60 hours or something. Then. Yeah, if, if you do everything, everything. But I, I have heard like if you dabble in like a reasonable amount of side content and otherwise just kind of do the story, you're probably done in like 10 to 15. Yeah, that's 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 where I was pulling the number yeah. from. So so mm-hmm. I was thinking doubling it for everything. But it, knowing Yakuza, it's probably a bit more than that. Yeah, especially if you well, want to eat it every you know, restaurant. I'm streaming and I go through things a little slower and. I'm also playing on high difficulties if fights take longer. Yeah. But anyway, all that aside, um, I basically put it to a poll in my discord where it's like, hey, so, you know, it's a Yakuza game. There's a lot of side content that's like either not interesting because it's kind of just doing little fetch quests for people on the street. That's always interesting just because the dialogue is usually dumb. Well, yeah, like I'm not talking I about guess like streaming. I, I, you're talking I'm about not talking streaming about sub content. stories. I am talking about like the guy you talk to who's like, boy, I sure could use a Yakiniku Bento. <laughs> and then you bring it to him and he's like, thanks. And you get like completion points and money. Yeah. You know what? That's nice. <laughs> That's just, just so it's nice, like, is nice that something that everyone wants to like see me take time to do? And also there's this cabaret thing. If I were to go through and do all of that because there's cool rewards locked behind finishing them, um, like how uncomfortable do we want to be with this? Now, <laughs> naturally, everyone was like maximum cringe. Let's go. So now I'm doing it. Sure. Of course. But and, you know, given some time, I have managed to work myself out of the initial. Oh, God, this is so awkward. I can see the ring light. That you're looking that like you're literally pouring drinks for a camera in the middle of a ring light. And I can see the ring light reflected <laughs> in your pupil. It's so weird. 
but now I now I've like advanced to the point where it's like now I am just treating it like video game. Sure. Where it's like, let me try to let me try to like take cues from this girl's personality to try to answer this question in the way that's going to make her happy so I can have less of these conversations. Because <laughs> that'll the, the bar goes up faster and then we reach the, the two heart threshold. And then we're like, all right, cool. We yeah, good. If I if I Done. ever get around to playing this game, which I'm sure I will at some point at some time. I will absolutely be looking at a guide to get through that part as fast as possible. <laughs> I will let you know beforehand if the rewards are even worth it. <laughs> if it's for because I don't points. know what they actually are. I'm trying to stay blind on as many things as possible. Yeah. But generally speaking, long term, like build up, you have to do this over and over type, um, you know, quests or interactions like that have a really, really good, rare thing at the end of them. I mean, half the time, the really rare thing is something I never use anyways. That's true. <laughs> because a lot of times, even even for doing all the quests, it's like, well, now you have a golden gun that shoots and kills everything instantly, but you have to play through the game again to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm not probably doing that. But also, it's... there's a distinct possibility that, like, the 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 rare thing that you get at the end of these is, like, Here's a video of me in a bikini. I was now. about to say that's going to be the rare thing. Absolutely. Because like that. That was the reward in the some of the other Yakuza games. It was. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that my whole approach to all of these games is like this shit is weird. Let's lean into it. <laughs> like. I would be way more negative on this, but I'm at a point now where it's like, all right, the initial shock has worn off a bit. So now it's just part of the weird. Uh, and, 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 and I think it's great that it's there. I'm not even saying it shouldn't be in the game. I just, this is from, it's not, I'm not like some moral high ground thing. Like, oh, this oh yeah, is no, inappropriate. Like, I, I, I want to be very clear about this. Like, yeah, I, even I yesterday was like, I was starting to get some vibes off of somebody that like one of the girls was like, I kept answering all the questions wrong because the other one seemed skeezy. Yeah. And then like there was one where the question was like, what are you staring at? <laughs> and you literally can say you have really huge boobs. And that was the correct answer. And that was the correct answer. And she was like, oh, thanks. They're G cups. Of course. Of course. Thank you for the, the compliment. Of course, that was the correct answer. And I was like, oh, 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 God, <laughs> I've completely misunderstood this interaction. <laughs> yeah, you just you just wanted to sit here, hear you say something lewd. <laughs> and it turned out it was correct. <laughs> I mean, everybody like everybody in chat was like boobs, boobs, opie. And I was like, fine, because the whole thing is like, boy, when you say something wrong and you see like this real ass person's face just fall and try to like awkwardly go along with what you're saying, but they're clearly uncomfortable. It feels so bad. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Oh, it was already uncomfortable. But now you're uncomfortable and I'm more uncomfortable. And this whole fake interaction is just terrible. <laughs> I suppose 
on the one hand, it is an interesting, like, it would be an interesting study to see, is it easier to, like, what, what are what are people's reactions to seeing a real person have these responses as opposed to just, you know, uh, a digital representation of a person? Yeah, or, yeah or no, like, it, w- it absolutely would be like a, it absolutely could be like a whole social experiment. That seems that, that, that is, or, or how much more uncomfortable you are by saying something awkward. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. does it change the way that the person feels because they're seeing a real person as opposed to just, you know, the same Yeah, NPC? I would say, like, anecdotally, like, saying the weird thing and getting, like, an uncomfortable reaction in a lot of cases is hilarious. Yeah. Um, saying an awkward and uncomfortable thing to what is being represented in front of you as a recording of a real life person having to respond to your dialogue option with like almost like the shoulders go up and it's kind of like you know they're almost kind of like shuddering with discomfort is like oh no 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 i'm so i'm so sorry (laughs) oh no (laughs) yeah it it hits different so Anyway, pocket circuit so, is fucked. That's, that's, that's that is that is where I was going to go. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Oh no. I just so I don't think. I mean, there's not that much to say about pocket circuit other than it's fantastic, and it's it's great to see that it is a. There's a lot of pocket circuit in this. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, a lot. The, of, there's they they're. It feels the same in its progression. Like you beat a race, you unlock the next race. You beat that race, you unlock the next race. They have all the same features. There's the the slopes and the jumps and the grass terrain that make you have to sort of customize to handle all those obstacles properly. Yeah. Um. So the core gameplay is still there. Uh. It seems like they added this whole like rival battle thing because in Yakuza Zero in Kiwami, you get kind of like broken up by a cutscene. Every like yes. two or three races where yep. like some kid you're supposed to care about comes up and is like, I'm the better pocket circuit. And you're like, kid, I'm an adult. <laughs> and then you make them cry. I'm an adult with infinite resources. <laughs> yes. I've spent I'm... millions and millions of yen on <laughs> on parts like on, on parts for my car. That are like rainbow colored and called Godspeed. <laughs> what possible chance do you have? And then they win like 10 times in a row before you finally like find the right loadout of, and the right time are, to boost. No, every loss is, is a splintering of reality. And those those are not the one that you actually live in. That's right. The only right. real reality Which is, is good, the one that you good because I win. don't think Kiryu's heart could take it. Right, you know, I mean, the, 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 the I think that's the, my favorite part of Pocket Circuit now because Pocket Circuit is already great. They, yeah. they, the only way they could have ruined it is if they changed it, and they didn't change it, so it's perfect. No, so, they they expanded it slightly because I feel like instead of baking a storyline into Pocket Circuit with these kids coming out to like harass you every time you win two races. Yeah. Instead, you can just kind of go out and find them and challenge them on your own time and then race them if you feel like it, which is I love that. That's a that's a great way to like still get that sort of a head to head feel, but not have it like interrupt you just wanting to do the thing. No, the best the best thing that happened to Pocket Circuit in this game is Kiryu's loss animation. Yep. He's always had the thing 
where he kind of like looks down at his car and then he's like, oh, I lost. No, (laughs) but this one is so much better where he like politely claps for the winner and then turns around and is like, (laughs) (laughs) and he just like starts crying. And then it pans out and there's like a spotlight on him, which of course is just like lonely, lonely (laughs) spotlight. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. It's amazing. It's. I want to also point out that when he wins, Kiryu is just like so like he's so depressed and just done with everything by this point. Like, I literally think that watching Kiryu win a race of pocket circuit is the first time that I saw him smile in the entire game up to that point. <laughs> and I, that's not a joke or or like an exaggeration. I think that is the first smile that he is in the given whole game. in the whole game. And probably will be for the whole game. It might that is, be. That is pure joy. It's It's the purity of the experience for him that really sells it. <laughs> like, he does not half-ass anything. No, he is the most into everything that he tries. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So I talked about this a little bit during the stream, and I think the really interesting thing about Pocket Circuit is that it's not a racing game because you don't actually really control the racing. Yeah, you can mash when you start to fall. You can mash a button to try to stay in the lane if you start to fall out and you can time your boost. But other than that, it's just kind of running itself. Mm -hmm. And that means that the racing is not really the gameplay part. So what Pocket Circuit actually is, is a puzzle game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In which you kind of like watch your car go around the track and you kind of identify like, okay, we're losing speed on this. uh, We're getting passed on this lap or like we're, we're lagging behind at the beginning. Uh, We, you know, we don't have enough acceleration to get up this hill. We don't have enough top speed to keep up with the other racers. We're going too fast and we're losing our stability around the corner. Like you just kind of like check all of those, all of those variables as you're going around the track. So like you would think that customizing the car is the prep is like the the preparation part of the of the game. And then the race is like the real part, but it's actually the opposite. Yeah, the race is the prep where you're looking at what your what like weak strengths and weaknesses you're going to have and what what works and what doesn't. And then the real game is actually just like customizing the car and figuring out what's going to work. Yeah, it reminds me of the 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 auto battler style games that are popular right now where the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's one on Steam called uh, Backpack Hero or something like that. That's it's it's in demo there right now. There is a backpack hero, but that's I think you're. That's not. I think I'm it's like a backpack game. battler. I think it's yeah. I think or something like that. I, it's I I want to remember what it's called. I it's it's not backpack hero. It's it's definitely because uh, there uh, is backpack, a backpack hero, but that's a roguelike. I'm pretty sure it's backpack battles. Oh, okay, like, that's it. So you know that's a game where you're you're the 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 game part is getting random items and then customizing your backpack and then you press the button to fight a, a, another random person but it's, yeah. you have no control over it. you're just sort of right, watching right, right. it play out and then you look at the stats and say okay i should tweak this and this and uh-huh. then move on yeah and that that's what pocket circuit reminds me of or or perhaps 
Pocket Circuit started this. Okay, I'm sure there's other auto battlers before Pocket Circuit, but there certainly were. But, but, but not in terms of the timeline of Yakuza, because this is from the 80s. That's true. So Pocket Circuit <laughs> started it, all right? Pocket Circuit is the first auto battler ever. Exactly, yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, cue the music. Bowser versus Dr. Wily, who wins? Bowser. Yep. Okay, moving on. Castlevania Legends has really, really, really good music. Listen, listen. Castlevania Legends was like, what if what if we put bloody tears on the Game Boy? And there's a part of you that thinks you're you're gonna you're you're trying to hurt bloody tears. You're trying to 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 you know ruin this beautiful song. You can't. It doesn't matter. It's it sounds it's awesome. It's really Tears is so good. It's really good. I, there I, is like everyone's. I know when I, I I know when a game's music is good because like I was playing it yesterday in the in you know just randomly in the afternoon. I was like, oh, we're gonna podcast this tomorrow, and I gotta I played through like half of it, and I need to finish it up. Yeah. And Jesse's sitting there like doing stuff on her phone. And like she looks up and is like, "Oh, oh, what is this?" Yeah, it's so. Dude. She like she didn't know what I was playing, but she heard like a few notes of it, and she was like, "Oh, this really is this Castlevania?" Yeah, it sure, it sure is. Cause it sure I, is. I, I finished playing Castlevania Legends. Like, yeah, I'm gonna get my DDR pad out, and I'm playing Bloody Tears. I'm playing 2DX version of Bloody Tears on on DDR right this second. It was it was so. Uh, God, I love that song. <laughs> I don't even think that was the best song. I mean, it was for me just because I, I like it a lot. But yeah, well, yeah I, I mean, like nostalgically, like it was really cool to hear it, especially in the context that it shows up in. Yeah. But I think the I want to say stage four theme like blew me like that was one of those like I had to restart the stage because I was just standing still listening to it. And I was like, oh, this has a timer. <laughs> My minutes have passed on. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll hear that later because I, I'll, you know, I'll use it. But oh, yeah. End with it. That's if that's, if that's I think I think starting with Bloody Tears, just like the game. Yeah, we is, can do is, both. Yeah, that perfect. works. But yeah, the, top to bottom, the the uh, it feels this is one of those Game Boy games where it's like it feels like they have more like it feels like they had enough sound channels. Yeah. Yeah, you know, usually with a Game Boy game, it's like, ah, they're doing their best, but they can't really play that many sounds at the same time. And this is like, oh, no, it feels like they have more sound channels than they actually do. Well, and and they, they clearly wanted this game to be a big part of Castlevania because it was the origin story, right? <laughs> well, the, it was technically sort of it was technically it, it was it was until whatever PS2, one of them, the Lament of Innocence came out that it was the origin of 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 Trevor, of right? Well, technically, they don't say who it is. It could be any of them. It's widely believed to be Trevor. Yeah, it it it, it could it could be, but you know, eh. <laughs> it's probably Trevor. There's an argument for 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 Christopher, and I think even mm. technically Simon. Um, if you look at the 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 wiki page for it, I am not a Castlevania lore person. I don't know shit about Castlevania lore for the most part, and I get the characters all confused. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Um, literally doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter. You know why? 
Why? Because whatever your head cannon, whatever your head cannon says is correct. Because this game is fully non-canon. Yeah, now it's now it's just thrown in the, the dumpster, which is too bad because I'd like to see more Sonya. Yeah, she's cool. Just it's nice to have a a, a female uh, Belmont. Big fan of the braided ponytail. Ponytail. Yeah, she looks that pretty cool badass. Look. Huh? She looks pretty cool. She's like a badass, you know, Game yeah, Boy spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, think- I was surprised that this game came out as late as it did. Yeah, it was like it I actually- was like, <laughs> it's nineteen ninety seven in Japan. Yeah, Goldeneye came out in America before this video game. Especially, like, I had to double check to make sure it wasn't technically a Game Boy Color game. And it's not. It's (laughs) original Game Game Boy. Boy. It is Game Boy. But, like, it came out after Symphony of the Night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's why it has uh, uh, Alucard in it. Yes, it has Alucard in it. And it has dialogue with Alucard and Dracula that boy, does it feel a lot the same as the dialogue with Dracula in Symphony of the Night. And, and it implies that Sonya and Alucard hooked up. Yes, it does. <laughs> Which Good is going. probably why it's been decanonized. Good going, Sonya. <laughs> yeah, because that makes the Belmonts all Draculas. It does. It does. It makes them all vampires. Which is awesome. That <laughs> we should. <laughs> there should be a Belmont... Where, 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 they, where they have to fight themselves. That would be that would be an enjoyable cast. I mean, there should just be a Castlevania period, I suppose. Doesn't that <laughs> literally happen in like a bunch of games, actually? Oh, yeah, I guess it does. But I was picturing more of fighting themselves literally. Like, it's just like an internal <laughs> struggle. Oh, they have to kill the parts of themselves that <laughs> yes. is the Dracula. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Like, okay, the, yeah, going, no, like, that's good. Inside their own heads. <laughs> I mean, the Richter fight might still just be that. I don't know. It's weird. (laughs) Fair. So this game isn't very good. No, it's pretty. It's pretty. You know, I I would say I would say it's would would we say it's as as the as the kids say mid. Is it is it mid? It's I don't even know if it's mid, man. I was going to say, I don't think it's mid. The music. I don't don't think it's good enough to be mid. It's also did you die on. Did you okay? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get you get you get hearts as you do in Castlevania as games, you and do. then you can use sub weapons. A lot of them. Yeah, and the sub weapons are pretty freaking strong. Like one, yeah, they're good. They're good. One just heals you fully. Other things yep. wipe the entire screen and stuff uh-huh. like that. So, did you die? I was curious. Did you die on Dracula? The fight versus Dracula at the end of the game. Uh no. But I was pretty liberally using like hearts and healing and stuff yeah because the fight's not that tricky so i was like oh what happens let's let's die when you die literally does one attack yes they're all very and you can just did you i mean you can use burning rage super saiyan mode and just stand inside him and whip the shit out of him until he's dead so it's no big deal um you know i didn't use the like i'm gonna call them basically item crush no i mean you didn't use burning rage where, where you where you become invincible for like oh yeah 15 seconds i used it like a couple of times Oh man, I just used but it, it on took every me boss. a while to like recognize what that meter was. I remember oh. being very, very confused on the first <laughs> boss because I thought it was the boss health. <laughs> and I was like, I hit him like five times. Why is it not going down? Oh, I should have I should have told because I only knew about it because I looked through the manual. I, I, I found out about it in like the second to last stage because <laughs> I accidentally Excellent. hit both buttons together. Yeah. OK, yep. And then, yeah, she literally does do a big Super Saiyan. And then you're just, yeah, you and just you're smash through And you're way faster, which 
Oh, like, it sucks. When you use it, you're like, oh, this is how this is how the game should feel. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> like, it, maybe not that fast, but like fast. Oh, my God. The game is so slow. It's really slow and it's not very challenging. It's except for the the effing. There are some some of the enemies are obnoxious. The bat yes. pattern. I hated the bat pattern. I also really dislike the the, uh, the salamander little, spirit thing. Yeah, the little, the little wispy ghost things. guy that yeah. always works at a diagonal angle from and wherever they you are. And on your ass, and then they just sit on top of your sprite, and you're like, yeah, bro, and you're bro. too slow to get away from it. It and it's, sucks. It's, it's, it's hard to jump and turn and attack sometimes, and... But so I died on Dracula and they put you back before that gauntlet where you have to fight all the armors again with no hearts. And that oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, this would be this would be so awful. Oh, that's painful. So obviously, I I mean, yeah, no, uh, I know uh, I had already finished it. I just went back to see what would happen if not. And yeah, of course, I used some save states and I did rewind time any time that I I was going to say once, but I meant it was one time in a a combat thing where i fell into a pit and i was like i'm not dealing with that but um anytime i hit one of those trap candles uh, did you you get all the special stuff i did i saw the the image where the the incredibly busty sonia is holding her child yeah well you know pregnancy does that of course yeah i mean she's 17 i think and she's pregnant and gave birth and you know it's dracula so whatever um but the the wow i i hated where that went Oh, she's probably 18, because I think if they start, she's 17, where she she gets her powers. It's like, hey, I think I'm going to go kill Dracula, even though no one really knows who Dracula is yet, because it's supposed to be the first in all of it. But the, um, the, 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 did you get any of the trap candles? Yes. Dude, what, what do you, what, are you just dead? Is that all that is? Nope. No, How it's, do you get it, out of it? You, you kill about 50 of them. Because I killed, and then it drops okay, that you makes down, sense. It, then it, I think it. No, does it drop you down a rope or I think it triggers another candle that warps you back to the the overworld. Ah, but okay, it is literally just a dumb trap room because I killed like 30 or 35. Yeah, it goes on 40. for a long time. And I was like, this is stupid. I'm just rewinding time. I didn't I, I didn't even bother to figure out what happens at the end of that. Yeah, it literally is. Yeah, it literally is just like, hey, hang out down here and and try not to die for like way too long. <laughs> yeah, that was that's terrible way too long the the game is just it's just kind of eh. yeah it's you know it feels ultimately like a castlevania game played in slow motion yeah yeah that's fair um i think that like the the whip power having a projectile on it is kind of op oh my god but it, it it's needed though it is because you don't really have the types of, like you have sub weapons, but the sub weapons are all like massively overpowered magic. Yes. And it, they're not it's not something you can use all the time. They're clearly meant for like specific moments where you like really need something. And mm-hmm. I mostly just use the heel. Um, yeah, the heel. But the you heel don't have like you don't have your classic Castlevania moves where you need to hit something at a distance or above you or below you. Mm-mm. Where you have like, you know, the knife or the axe or the holy water or the cross or like any of that stuff. You or don't any have of them. that. <laughs> what you do have is a whip that shoots a projectile sort of a la uh, like full power link. Yes. Like yeah. kind yeah, of doing like a half sword, damage. Doing like, like a that. sword beam. Yep. Same energy. Um, same, except same you don't energy. actually have to be at full life. It happens 
Like, you have to upgrade your whip to a certain point, but that's really easy to do because it just drops from candles. Yeah, as long as you don't hit a trap candle or fall into a pit, the game's right. not that hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the yeah, bosses are kind of a joke. As most of them. Some of them were hilarious. There was one where it's like, I don't remember. I think it was the Medusa. Yes. We're, okay. So it's just a room. It's just uh-huh. a room with no platforms, no nothing. And Medusa just walks at you. But they have to give you a space where you're, where you can't where you're be safe. So there's just, you just stand there and then whip her as she walks over and that's it. Yeah. You stand <laughs> on the right side of the room and she's just not allowed to go there. <laughs> yeah. So because I'm like, oh, she's too tall for you to jump over. Is she going to jump and then you have to go underneath her? No, no, she's a snake lady. Also, it seems like this is the origin of all the Medusa heads it in future Castlevania. Like it's the origin of the, of the Medusa heads because she just turns into a head and flies away. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is all Sonya's fault. It's all Sonya's fault. I will say, though. If it wasn't them, it would be something else because the the little floaty, wispy smoke ghosts are the Medusa heads. True, true, and they're worse. But I just, I just like that they tried to, uh, th- they tried to put that in there, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> no, like, I, I thought that was a cute callback. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was a fun callback. Um, did did yeah? You know- there are there are some bosses that just like even Dracula himself. Like, just teleports around the room and does one attack. <laughs> That's the whole fight. It's really underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it ultimately, at the end of the day, it does feel like a classic Castlevania in most respects. It's just so slow and, un- and like, not fun to control and kind of stripped down. And the stages are too long. The, the stages. I, I, the game is like not too long. The game is like a decent length, but it should have been like nine or ten stages of shorter length rather than like six or so of the length that they were. Because that's they was really long. In yeah, some I would cases. agree with that. I would I would agree with the that if if the stages were a little bit if they were split in half, it would feel better. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, but I think that's partially just you know kind of the style at the time and it's and it's not like it's a hard video game i i know it's not you have limited lives but you have unlimited continues so i think yeah. part of the i think part of the goal of having really long stages is making you have to demonstrate some mastery by getting through a long stage on a limited number of lives because that way, because if you just continue, you start from the beginning of the stage and they want to, that to actually feel like a penalty. Sure. Yeah. So I, I kind of get that. But still, like it, I, I maybe partially because you're moving so slow. Yeah. Like some of the bosses become annoying because you have to you're supposed to like dodge under them and stuff. When yeah. You're jumping yeah. And you're like, Ugh. but then you just super in many out. cases like. You're you're so ridiculously slow that like this enemy kind of like gets on top of you and you're just try to try to walk out of the way to get away from them. And you take like two or three hits before you can actually remove yourself from their hitbox. (laughs) It's really, really silly. Like they're not even moving and you're just like. Ow! 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 Okay, I've moved. I've managed to move two tiles to the left. Did you know this game was going to be, there was going to be a sequel that actually starred Sonya? 
I, you know what? I would probably have played it because Sonya is cool. It was, it was, it was the canceled uh, Dreamcast game. Uh, that sounds neat. Wait, the prototype demo was released online? Oh, I didn't know that. That's, I would look into that. Thanks, Wikipedia. Sonya, Sonya is a cool protagonist. I particularly appreciate, and hopefully you can uh, detect the sarcasm in my voice when I say appreciate. Mm. <laughs> well, now um, I won't be able to, yes. <laughs> so, like, when she's walking around through the stage, uh, she she looks and feels like a Belmont. A slow Belmont, but a Belmont. <laughs> um, when she climbs up a rope, and holy fuck, are there a lot of ropes. There are a lot of ropes. Um, the degree of, like, ass and thigh wiggle <laughs> that they, that they, like, took great pains to make sure you could detect on a Game Boy screen <laughs> is, is out of control. They're like, this is, this is a female character. This okay? is a female character. <laughs> you can tell because there's ass wiggle. And at the end of the game, her ultimate goal is motherhood. <laughs> ah, yeah, you're right. Yup. That's, well, you, that's I, game development in the 90s. I mean, people must fulfill their dreams with their own power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like I like Castlevania. I know people are split on whether, you know, on whether they like classic Castlevania. Yeah. Versus like, like the, you know, the the Ega style like Metroidvania concept that started with Symphony of the Night. I do think those are better games overall, but I still like a, a, a solid linear 2d castlevania platformer particularly when it's designed well the earlier ones do a really good job of setting you up with a like with situations that require you to use sub weapons in particular ways yeah where like it'll give you the axe and then it'll give you things to use the axe on and that's all like just really good level design that you can only really get with a, a linear style gameplay where it's like you get this and now here's this challenge that you use that for. And I think original Castlevania does a really good job of that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, this doesn't. Not particularly, no. Because the, the sub weapons are just di like they're superpowers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and you don't even need to use them. Not really. I mean, I, I use the heel a couple of times, but like... No, I just mean to... Like, you don't technically need to use them. I use the heel for sure, and I used them, but it's not like a, you know, solve this... Fight this boss using this power. Yeah, it's like, not like, oh, we gave you the holy water, and there's a platform down there you have to jump on, but there's three skeletons walking around on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So exactly. it's like, throw the holy water down there to clean the... To clear the platform before you jump down there, or they're going to knock you into a pit. Yeah. Which is like really elegant game design that forces you to use all of these mechanics in the way that they're intended and also kind of show you what they're good for. Yeah, it's, it's sort of forcing you to to, you know, use it, use items and the, the, the stuff that's in the game the way that they want you to, which. Yeah, yeah, it, it gives you a weapon that does a particular thing and then it immediately presents you with use cases for it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, cool. OK, I know what to do with this. And when I'm faced with that in the future, I'll know that I want to use that item. Or whatever, mm -hmm. 
which is cool. I like that. That's very that's very like elegant design, especially for the 80s. I thought I was going to say I think it's I think it's good design because like Mega Man does that too, but there's parts of Mega Man that you're like this is so stupid because you're locked out if you don't have this this thing, right? If you don't yeah. have access to it. So in some ways it's bad design, but at the same time it's really good design. It's 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 Well, it's, in Castlevania's case, it's like none of these challenges are impossible. Without that's true. That's without true. Without that sub weapon, that's a good point. That that does but make a really big much, difference. Much much like this sub weapon is meant to make that much simpler for you. Yeah, no, you're right. That is that is that is a uh, a pretty big, like important the, difference. Yeah, the Mega Man Two boss we talked about last week, where you just kind of have to soft lock and die if you, if you didn't don't bring the... full weapon energy and you don't use it perfectly, is like that's a bad version of that. Yeah, but com- this is a to... version of it that's like, oh, this this is really 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 hard. But possible to if you just have your whip. But if you have this other thing, it can actually help you with that a lot and make that fairly trivial. Yeah. Which is cool. Uh, And this, you know, for a classic Castlevania game, you expect to see something like that. And this doesn't really have that because most of your powers are just, you know, make all of the problems go away. Right. At once. And, you know, your whip kind of does most of the heavy lifting, especially since it like given that it gives you a projectile, it basically you more or less just have the knife built in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which in some ways for I've, I haven't played the Castlevania games on Game Boy, so maybe one day we'll do that. The other ones. I was going to say you played one of them. <laughs> yeah, I meant the the because I, I want to say that some of them are fairly well received yeah i i feel like that's the case too and i had previously thought that this was one of them but now i don't think that that's the case um what are the other ones called chronicles i don't have a clue i really don't know let me see oh yeah that's right that's right that's right that's right uh castlevania the adventure yeah (laughs) yep 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 and i think the second one is cat yeah castlevania 2 belmont's revenge Oh, it's called Belmont's Revenge. Yes, the second one is. Yeah. And then there's... Was Kid Dracula on there, too? Because I just looked... Is that... Was that... Uh, probably. Uh, yeah, it looks like Kid Dracula. Oh, there is a Castlevania Chronicles. It's on PlayStation, though. That's not the one I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. Chronicles was the collection, right? Um... Yes, that's correct. That, I mean, given the name, that makes sense. That is correct, Yes. But yeah, I've never played Adventure or Belmont's Revenge. I mean, I haven't really played very much original Castlevania, period. Like the, I, the, the early I've played style. the first three, but I don't know if I finished uh, three. I don't know if I finished Dracula's Curse. Okay. Uh, I think I played most of Super Castlevania 4, but I definitely haven't played the Game Boy ones. Yeah. And then, mm. you know, you get into the... You get into the... Um, the ego ones and it's like okay yeah symphony of the night i mean i've played any one um, any of the rpg-esque ones yeah, i've played all of symphony them. of the night aria of sorrow uh dawn of sorrow portrait Harmony of ruin of order of ecclesia yeah like and of course we've done uh dracula x for the that's yeah that is the only um that is the only traditional castlevania game that i've ever played like all the way through yeah and i think it's actually one of the better ones it's got some banging music. It sure does. I mean, I think that's just something that carries through at this point. Fair. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say that they all have absolutely banging music, but like, I think that really good Konami music is a is a staple 
of the of the series that we can even if the game's kind of, you know, not all the way there. I don't hate this game. I just like I don't hate the game. I think it's just it's just kind of whatever. It's it's okay. So it's one of those games that if I bought it and played it, I would have been kind of I think underwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but playing it in the context of the way we did, I was like, yeah, that was a fine way to spend an yeah, hour it was and 20 fine. minutes. It right. was fine. Yeah. I, you know, I would I would class it as like this is a passable but like below average castle uh, classic Castlevania game. Uh, yeah. C minus. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not throwing it in the trash bin, but I I don't there's nothing really special uh, about it that I would recommend aside from what you're about to hear in a few seconds. Mm-hmm. 